0: How do the Utah Utes match up with the Arizona State Sun Devils on both sides of the ball? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On YouTube your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcasts. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you guys like and subscribe. We'd love to interact with you in the comments. Today's episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. You can make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit Fanduel.com locked on to get started. My name is JT Worcester, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And today we're going to be previewing the Arizona State Sun Devils on both sides of the ball and talking about what kind of challenges I think they will present to Utah this Saturday. And then I want to close out with some Utah women's basketball prediction because they are, they and the men's team are both officially back next week. So got to preview and talk about a little bit my expectations for them this season because uh, women's basketball has some very high expectations. That's going to be at the end of the show. Um, so first, let's talk about the Utah Offensors, versus ASU defense. And, Actually, first, first, I should say just one of my overall thoughts on Arizona State. I came into this assumption this week that Arizona State would be, I don't want to say an easy win, but a just a win like Utah, like should get like not thinking much about it. Like, yeah, Utah will take care of business. Ever since the schedule came out, I never was taking this game as seriously as the other ones. And no, they're obviously Arizona State is not as good as even USC Of course, they're not as good as Oregon or Washington, although they almost beat Washington, and I did watch that game. We'll talk about that in a moment. I was very impressed with what I saw from the Sun Devils team. Kenny Dillingham, what he's done in his first year, I think he's done a good job. I think he's the right guy to be there. And I think he's gotten the most out of this roster. I know they lost a lot of games in a row going into the Washington State game, but they've looked good in other games. Once again, they nearly beat Washington. They lost 15 to seven. They didn't let Michael Penick score a touchdown, and that the only touchdown was a pick six there. Nearly beat Colorado, nearly beat Cal. So their record's a little bit deceptive. And once again, just beat Washington State. And I know the Cougars are in the midst of uh, quite the tumble, losing four straight now. Uh, but still, getting a 38 to 27 win against a Washington State team that had good wins earlier this season is. It's not a bad thing. So that's where I do like the Sun Devils team. But I want to talk about uh, the offense first, the Utah offense versus the Sun Devils defense. When you talk about Arizona State defensively, you're talking about a defense that allows 340 yards per game. That's the fourth le- best mark. So the the four, they're allowing the fourth least amount of yards up for a defense in the Pac-12 currently. They allow a little over 100 yards on the ground. So pretty good front seven and 260, 236 yards through the air. And I like their front seven. I think they do a good job. I think they got some guys who can rush the passer, get after quarterbacks, you know, hold their own against the run, linebackers too. They're good in that department. I think Utah in the front seven, like if Utah's offensive line is executing at their best ability, Utah should still win the line of scrimmage. They should have success running the ball. But they're going to be drives that Utah's in second and longs and Various things of that nature where they might start with even a second and 12 rather than like a second and eight, because I do think this Arizona State front seven has some talent and I think they've played pretty well. This season, when I watch back the film and look over the, some of the recent performances, I, I like some of the plays they made against Washington. Against Washington State, they're getting pressure on Cam Ward, doing various things like that. That's where I came way impressed with this Sun Devils front seven. I think they fly around and do a good job making plays. And once again, they're allowing just a little over 100 yards on the ground. So they've done a good job stopping opposing teams rushing attacks. Now, I still think this is the best rushing offense they will have played this year. The second best one they played was USC. USC gashed them for over 200 yards on the ground. But Obviously, you're not going to load the box up when you're playing Caleb Williams. You will load the box when you're playing Bryson Barnes. So that is something to keep in mind going into this game is how does Utah manage that and how will they do just dealing with the loaded box? They had issues with run blocking a week ago, but the Oregon defensive line, does that Oregon defense they played, is better than the Arizona State ones. All the statistics I highlighted for Arizona State, Oregon, of course, higher in those regards. So that's where good front seven here. And I'm curious to see how Utah does keeping Bryson upright and also just getting the ground game going, which I do expect Quinton Jackson and Sion Ivaki have bounce back games rushing the ball because I think they'll have more running lanes open to them. And those are the guys who, when they have those rushing lanes, they do a good job capitalizing on them. Now talking about Bryson Barnes though, this is where I think Bryson has a chance to have a really strong game again, akin to his Cal game and USC game. Because what, if you're talking about the weakness of the Sun Devils defense, their secondary is not outstanding. They made some nice plays on the season, but their defense is, once again, the secondary is not fantastic. That's where I mentioned you give up 236 yards passing. That's not a bad mark by any stretch of the imagination. But when I do just watch the number of plays they've given up, and some of that is like they played Cam Ward, they have played Shador Sanders, they have played Michael Penix now, even though they did some good things against him. They played Caleb Williams. That's where, yeah, they're capable of making plays. But I, I think this could be a game where Bryson does have over 200 yards passing. I'm excited to see, you know, Devon Vele. They really did a good job of finding him last week. And I felt like Utah still could have found him even more times than they actually did. So that's where I expect Devon Vele to have a good game here. Mikey Matthews getting on track. Uh, still really liking what I'm seeing from near McLean. Landon King want to see even more from him as a pass catcher. I think he's done a good job getting open. So it's on Utah to hit him because like we highlighted when Land- with Landon last week, the issue was more run blocking. I didn't feel like it was a lack of a, a separation. So. I'm excited to see what uh, the pass catchers are going to do. I think they'll be able to create separation. And if I'm Utah, I'm leaving extra protection. in, whether that's leaving a Mickey Suguturaga in the block, a Landon King in the block, leaving the running back, I want to see those six, seven-man protections up front that give Bryson the time to go through his reads and make the decisions that are going to put Utah in a position to succeed come Saturday. And Utah should be in a position to succeed because Utah just lost at home. They're going to come out fired up, ready to go, and they're not going to want to lose once again in front of that Rice-Eccles Stadium home crowd. They're going to have that taste of defeat in their mouth and I expect Utah to come out in this game fired up and I'm excited to see what Utah can do because I think they could put on a a strong performance here because we're going to talk about the defense in a second. I think the defense is going to have a strong day against the ASU offense, but the Sun Devils defense has made some plays this season. You know, they got gashed like we mentioned by Caleb Williams, but that's that's really the only exception. Now, Utah's offense is Is better than the ones they've played as of recently when it comes to running the ball especially and that's where i'm curious to see if those run defense numbers they've had that have been good will hold up sometimes they will like i said sometimes they won't but i do think utah should be able to establish the the ground game in this one especially just playing at home that's something where utah has been so good at home i know they just had the lost oregon oregon we just saw in the college football playoff rankings that they are a legit top six team so that's where I'm very curious to kind of see how this this game shakes out for the Utah offense, but I do expect it to be a nice bounce back performance for Bryson Barnes offensively. Also, when we're just talking about this Arizona State team, I know the I want to get talk about the Washington game a little more really quick. I, I know they almost found a way to win that game. That was a very fluky game. Michael Penix threw an interception that was so bad in that game that it made me question all the faith I've had in him in the past as a draft prospect. <laughs> It was just what he saw. Like, I don't know if he, he was just seeing ghosts, kind of like that old Sam Darnold thing. And he just kind of threw it up there. And it was a really rough pick there. Uh, he had another knock, he had another ball tipped at the line. There was some really weird fumbles, just really sloppy stuff from Washington State where or it was Washington where they beat themselves in a lot of ways. Like credit Arizona, Arizona State. They did some really good things in the game. But at the same time, like I said, I just watched that game and I'm like, ah, it's kind of a weird aberration game. The weather wasn't fantastic either. So That's where this is a good Arizona State team, but that Washington game was very fluky. But that does just go to show you if you don't take this Arizona State team seriously, that's what they can do to you. So that's what Utah has to do, and I believe it's what Utah will do. And part of that will be how seriously this Utah defense is going to come in after giving up over 30 points at home. And that's what we're going to be talking about in a moment is that Utah defense versus the Arizona State offense. But first, I want to talk to you guys a little bit more about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Speaking of no better time to get in on the action, I want to tell you guys about the line this week. Utah takes on Arizona State, as of course we've been discussing. Utah favored by 11.5. And... Look, it's not going to be a surprise, but I really like Utah in this one. I think Utah is strong at home, despite my admiration for what I think the Sun Devils can do. there's a Utah defense that has only allowed multiple touch that has only allowed one team at home to score over fifteen points on them, and that's the Oregon and that's the Oregon Ducks. Everyone else under fifteen. There are some issues with this ASU offense that we're going to dive into in a second, but I do like Utah to be able to cover that 11 and a half spread in this one. But it's not just about Utah. There's also so many other great things you can get in on FanDuel, especially relating to the NFL because the app is easy to use and there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So you can visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL also want to talk to you guys about another one of the sponsors of today's episode of Locked on Utes in our friends at UCCU. Learn and earn, the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate. Parents, they don't always know the answers. Learn and earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games, like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift. Stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family. You can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and earn part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. Alrighty, coming back into this one. Talk about the Utah defense versus the Arizona State offense. I I think the Utah offense versus the Arizona State defense is a very even matchup. One I expect Utah to have the slight advantage of because of the just how I do think that offensive line. And once again, the ground game should have a bounce back, therefore giving Bryson time and the opportunity to have a bounce back game. So that's where Utah being at home with those factors of last week, I expect the Utah offense to have a slight advantage over the ASU defense. I think the Utah defense is a pretty substantial advantage over this Arizona State offense. Borgay is the guy for them at quarterback right now. And while he made some nice throws against Washington state, he's still a guy who has thrown just one touchdown pass, three interceptions this season. And yeah, you know, over a thousand yards passing, he's done some nice things, but when you're, when you're getting that kind of production out of your quarterback, that's where it's rough. You Bryson overall in the season has done a good job taking care of the ball. The voc- the first interception last game on Vaki, the second on Bryson, Utah wasn't coming back down from 28 to six anyways, though. So that's also, I'm like, Bryson was just trying to force it and, and make a play. And yeah, if Utah is in a dogfight in this one, that could be a concern. But I don't expect them to be in a uh, a tightly contested matchup. I think they should have a modest lead throughout the game. The Arizona State will never, I don't expect to see Nate Johnson because the score is out of reach. I expect Bryson to play the whole way, but I think it will stay a two-score game for much of this contest post-halftime. So I do have faith in this Utah defense. Uh, once again, Borgay is a guy who can make some nice and crazy kind of throws, but he also can be inaccurate, especially on the move. A couple of those he'll miss low at times. And yeah, I mean, when you've played Bo Nicks now, DJU for Utah, if you've also played obviously Caleb Williams, of course. So like those kind of quarterbacks, he's not Anywhere near any of those guys I listed, even like a DJU, Borgay is up and down, but he's coming, he's coming off a good game. He should be a little hot, so we'll see how he performs in the altitude. Quarterbacks tend not to perform as well. That's one of the things that I uh, I do think Utah is going to have success against Borgay. but he is supported by some talented weapons. Cameron Scadabo is one of the most impressive players I have watched on film so far this season. When you're talking about Skedabo, you're talking about a guy who has over 534 yards on the ground, 115 carries, seven touchdowns, and also has gotten it done in the passing game, 20 receptions for 273 yards and a touchdown. And he's just a guy who just breaks tackles nonstop. Former sack Sac State running back, shout out Big Sky, uh, I love this guy's game. I think he's really electric. He can make plays on the outside, as we mentioned a little bit as a receiver. But I more so mean like getting to the outside. That's something that Kenny Dillingham has done a good job of: is putting his playmakers on the outside, allowing them and their speed to kind of take over and get the edge and that's something Utah has to do well in this game Utah has to tackle in space on the outside well if they want to win this and that comes down to guys like JT Broughton at times getting more physical making those tackles bronze missed a lot of tackles in the secondary this season it can't happen against Arizona State if you want to beat a team that you should beat at home same thing with even Cole Bishop and Sione Vaki last week a down game for them tackling in space they've been good all season at it so I expect them to have a bounce back there but This is another thing we got to keep an eye on in this matchup because Arizona State, they have some really young athletic guys. Kenny Dillingham's done a good job adding them. So if you miss a tackle, those are the kind of guys that can really burn you if you're not careful with your just gap integrity control or even on the outside, obviously, just taking care of your assignment is more so what I uh, mean by that. So. Yeah, that's where I think you got to do a good job containing Scatterbro, a guy who can break tackles, really good in the receiver screen game, the running back screen game, because they will line him up outside as a receiver and give him those kind of opportunities too. So I uh, always got to be aware where Scatterbro is because he's really good. Uh, Brooks, their backup running back, 42 carries, 220 yards. He also does some nice things too. But the guy also receiving wise for them, all I want to talk about is Elijah Badger. Badger's nice, 45 receptions, 532 yards, 11 yards a catch, two touchdowns, longest pass of the season, 65 yards. This guy's a tough cover. He's able to create separation, and I'm excited to see him and Zamiya Vaughn batted it out. Troy Franklin overall got the better as Zumaia Vaughn last week. How is he going to respond? Matched up against Badgett, who I do think is a pretty solid receiver, too. So I am in- intrigued by that. And this Arizona State team, they like to run the ball. Now, this Utah rushing defense, yes, they got beat by Oregon in a few instances, but Still one of, one of, still probably the best in the pack 12 I still think I might say that. Front seven-wise, I still might roll with Utah's front seven over Oregon's front seven. That may be a hot take based on how last week played out, but I just, overall totality of the season, I think the Utah front seven's been really good. I just think the Oregon offense is that good where it made Utah look, look lesser than they are along the defensive front versus we know that Utah's offense is not fantastic, so that's where Oregon defense, they did their job, but. If you're saying who had a tougher challenge, the Utah defense or the Oregon defense, it's it's obviously the Utah defense did in that one. But, yeah, I think Keanu Tanuvasa, Junior Tafuna, Jonah Ellis, Van Fillinger, Connor O'Toole, Samote Peppa, Likimai Maki, all those guys. I'm excited to see them continue to rotate in and match up with a team that isn't afraid to play a little bit like Utah and run the ball three straight times at your face. So I'm excited to see that. I'm very curious to see how Utah is going to counter and what they're going to be ready for when they face that physical rushing attack. And I think it's going to be a good old-fashioned battle in the trenches, one that Utah should win. But once again, Scatterbro capable of Scatterbo, excuse me, capable of breaking those tackles. And if you break a tackle, all it takes is one. And then you get a big play, maybe even a touchdown out of it. That's where Utah's gonna to have to be sharp defensively. I'm excited to see the plan that Morgan Scally has ready to go, especially uh, as I mentioned, the quarterback for Arizona State just not one of the best in the conference. He can make some mistakes and miss some throws. And if you get pressure on him, he can turn it over too. That's what Utah does a good job of. I want to see the pressure ramped up. Got to tackle on the outside well if you're Utah and if you're able to do those things and execute, you're going to have a really good shot to win your game if win this game if you're Utah. And I once again just do think Utah is going to have a good shot to win this game. So I'm excited to see because I do think that Utah has the slight advantage offensively and a clear advantage defensively with how many elite playmakers they have at every level of the field versus Arizona State. Yes, the running game is good, but the Utah defensive line is better than their offensive line, and you have a quarterback who can make some nice plays but is also prone to making mistakes and missing throws, which is a recipe for disaster inside Rice-Eccles Stadium. Before we dive into women's basketball, I did want to talk about the uh, we'll, once again, we'll dive more into the Arizona State game tomorrow. R- Richie Bradshaw of Locked On Sun Devils is going to be joining us for our annual crossover that we do. That will be on tomorrow's Locked On Utes. We look forward to seeing you guys then. But want to talk about the college football rankings? We're officially released. Uh, good resume booster for Utah, by the way, at the end of season. See Oregon and Washington at five and six. That's just something you that makes Utah look better, of course. So Utah comes in at 18. I think Utah deserves to be over Tennessee. I think that's the only thing I'll say. Yes, Utah, obviously, over UCLA, USC, they won the head-to-head against those teams. So I think that's fair. But I thought Utah would be over Tennessee. When you're looking at this Tennessee team, their losses, you lost to Florida, and then you lost to Alabama. Like, yes, you beat Kentucky, but that's not Utah. Has If you're comparing the best wins on the schedules for these teams, I think you would go Utah's win over USC. And I mean, you could also just go, once again, like common opponent, Utah beat Florida and they only lost to Tennessee, lost to Florida only two weeks after. So that's why I don't like Tennessee being up there. Like, yes, they gave Alabama a little bit of a game. They were up in the game, but they blew a massive lead. That has to matter for something. Right. And even Kentucky squeaked that one out 33 to 27. And I know it's like, well, Utah didn't squeak out a win last week. No, they didn't. They lost, but they have wins against USC, against teams like UCLA. The UCLA win is a better win than they got. UCLA is ranked in the top 20. Kentucky's not ranked. So that's the, that's the only gripe I have. Like Utah should not be above Oregon State. Oregon State just beat them a couple weeks back, so that's that's something we know that that shouldn't change. But, yeah, I just don't get why Utah is behind Tennessee. This is where it feels like it's that SEC bias creeping in, but that's also the great thing is it all just takes care of itself because Tennessee is going to have to play Georgia here pretty soon. Now, Utah should to play Washington, but, yeah, both of those teams are going to run into some tough matchups there, and uh, hopefully Utah can continue to get some wins and continue to work there. I'd love to see Utah in the top 15 by the end of the season. It's going to be incredibly hard. Because they're more than likely going to have three losses. But for sure, if they could just stay in the top 20, that's something I feel like is very feasible with how uh, the fact that Utah should win three of their final four games. Utah is supposed to. Shoulda, coulda, woulda are two very different things. So that's what we'll see what Utah is able to do. But overall, happy with where Utah ended up on the college football ranking show. Just think they should have been above Tennessee. But eh, one spot off, not that big of a deal. want to talk about the Utah women's basketball team who's gearing up to start their season and go after a Sweet 16 run a year ago, talking about what I think they could potentially be in for this year. But before we dive into that, and that being my season predictions for the women's basketball team, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at eBay Motors. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. And once again, to keep your ride or die alive, visit ebaymotors.com. All righty, close this one out. Let's talk about the Utah women's basketball team. When you are talking about the Utah women's basketball team, you're talking about a women's basketball team that just a year ago made the Sweet 16, and the team they lost to, they went on to win the national championship in the LSU women's basketball team. So Utah had their exhibition scrimmage. They just demolished a team. But I'm just so excited about this team, not just because you have one of the best coaches, I think, in Lynn Roberts in women's college basketball right now with what she's done and how she's really rebuilt this program the last couple of seasons. But the amount of returning talent that Utah has is just unreal. When you look at Alyssa Peely, the reigning Pac-12 player of the year and what the performance she had last year was just tremendous and just unguardable on the low block, has a little bit of a shot to there. Then you look at the talented sophomore trio who have been duo who have been making plays since they were freshmen in Jenna Johnson, Gianna Niepkins too. And this roster is just littered with depth. So many players that played Kennedy McQueen, so many players I could list that played a key role in last year's runs returning and should be even better. Like Alyssa Peely should be the exact same. Maybe maybe you get a little better, right? But like Jenna and Gianna, like sophomore to junior years, I think when you, so a lot of people say freshman to sophomore year is the biggest jump. I don't know. I I feel like sophomore to junior, you see some special jumps out of players. And I think Gianna Niepkins and Jenna could both be two, two of the players in line for that for Utah. You know, this team really, they have shooting, they have a post presence. They have someone like Deja Young, right. Who's kind of like the heart, the energy, the effort brings it every time she takes the court. So that's another thing that I think is really exciting about this Utah women's basketball team. And I think they're the best team in the PAC 12. I know they came in ranked just behind UCLA. I'm obviously going to roll with Utah with the experience they got and just how well this groups played together, won a share of the Pac-12 regular season with Stanford a year ago. Yeah, they got bounced in the tournament, disappointingly, but just two years before that, Utah got on the hot run and made it to the championship game to take on Oregon in the Pac-12 tournament. So I I really think Utah is set up for a Final Four run. Could they win it all? They could. It's going to be tough. As of right now, I'm going to say they'll just make the Final Four because then you know Caitlin Clark, what she can do with Iowa, LSU retooled really well, too, and they probably got even better. UConn should get Paige Buker's back, so that's where it's going to be tough for Utah to even reach the Final Four, but there's a top-five team for a reason. They're extremely talented. They're one of the elite teams in the Pac-12, which is the toughest women's basketball conference normally year in and year out, and Utah should be able to get good wins against Stanford, against UCLA, against Colorado, who's ranked they play, or uh, Baylor, who's ranked early in the season, too. That's where I'm excited for the opportunity that Lynn Roberts squad has. I think they're going to live up to the hype, as I mentioned. Yeah, just looking over the roster even a little more. Like, players like Palmer. I mean, the speed she brings at the guard spot, really tough to reckon with. So, so many players I'm excited for. Got some new recruits who we will see how they factor in. But the core of Alyssa Peely, Jenna Neatkins, Jenna Johnson, Kennedy McQueen, Palmer, Young. I, I just, and there's even other, and I could have even listed other players. Like, that's, they're deep. You got star power, you got shooting, you got post presence who can score. I like this Utah team a lot. So once again, I think, and i also say this about Utah, I think this is the year they win the Pac-12 tournament championship. They want to share the regular season title. This year, Pac-12 tournament champs, I think they'll earn a number one seed in the women's final four bracketology when that comes out. and I think we're going to see a final four appearance out of the Utah women's basketball team. I look forward to seeing that come to fruition. I'm sure you guys are hoping for exciting things as well. Drop your predictions below, not just for the Utah women's basketball team, but how do you think the Utah offense and the Utah defense are going to fare versus the Arizona State? Some Devils, once again, tomorrow's show, the Locked On crossover. As for a men's basketball preview, that will also be coming up here in the next couple of days or so, or maybe even just ahead of Monday's game. We'll We'll get you that sometime before. But always appreciate those of you who make us your first listen every day and just those of you who tune in. Hope you will all have a great day and we'll see you on tomorrow's Locked On Utes.